This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. In Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with verse 20, I'm going to read a very familiar passage of Scripture here. We all know it, uh, but I really believe that this was how God ordered and instructed for me to start this message off this weekend. Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, and any time that you're reading the Word, you need to put yourself there in the Word because the Word is God speaking to you. So the Word of God is alive, and when we read the Word of God, you need to say and believe that this is God speaking to me, and this is what the Word of God says. Now to him, God, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Exceedingly abundantly above all that we could think or ask. I like the message translation of this. It says, more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. (laughs) I'm telling you, we serve an awesome God, and God says, if you can dream it, I can go beyond it. If you can ask for it, he says, I can do more than what you could ever think or ask for it. I, I believe God wants to do some things in your life and in your family and in your home that's beyond your most wildest dreams. I believe God wants to do some things in our church in our communities, in our cities, in our nation, that's beyond our wildest dreams. I I need to shake complacency complacency off of you. I need to shake the fear off of you. I need to to shake the, 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 the concerns off of you and know that we still serve a God that is alive and well and right in the midst of the craziness of our world, God is still wanting to do something great in your life, in your home, in your family, in our church, in our nation. Come on. God's not shocked by what's going on. And God says, if you can dream it, I can go beyond it. I can go beyond it. So When I read this this last week and God says, I I want you to declare this promise to the people of celebration. I begin to think about this promise and I begin to think about what is stopping this promise from coming to pass in our life. Because there's nothing more frustrating, right, than to celebrate a promise but never experience the promise. And we can get excited in here today and we can celebrate that God wants to do great things in our life, but it's very frustrating when we don't see those great things coming to pass in our lives. So what is stopping this truth, this promise from happening in so many lives? I, I, I believe the biggest hindrance, hear me today, to God doing the exceedingly abundantly in our lives is a tragic belief And this is what I want to talk about today. It's a tragic belief where Christ followers, hear me, born again Christ followers judge themselves unworthy. They just simply don't believe they deserve for God to do that in their life. Hear me today. 
when you judge yourself unworthy, it literally keeps God's power from working in your life. This is the reason. I believe it's, it's one of the main reasons why we're not seeing the power of God work in our lives is because we judge ourselves unworthy. And anytime we judge ourselves unworthy, it stops God's power from moving in our lives. We see this principle in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 13, I'm going to read a few, few verses here, and you're going to see this come to light today that's going to help us. It says, as Paul and Barnabas left the synagogue that day, the people begged them to speak about these things again the next week. So, so they were going to church, right? And then on their way out, as they was grabbing their snacks, they told the preacher, man, you got to do this again next week. We're, we're coming back. This is some, some good stuff. And so, so the following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of the Lord. But when some of the Jews saw the crowds or other religious leaders, they were jealous, so they slandered. It's amazing what people do when they get jealous. So they slandered Paul and argued against whatever he said. Now notice here in verse 46, then Paul and Barnabas grew bold in their preaching and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, but since you reject it, now notice, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. Uh, I want you to notice that phrase, judge yourselves unworthy. So here is Paul and Barnabas. They've been preaching, the Bible says, week after week. And they've been preaching about the grace of God. Specifically, if you was to read the whole chapter, the whole context here, you'd find out that they were preaching about Jesus and how he was crucified on the cross for the sins of mankind. In fact, let me just back up to verse 38. and It'll, it'll speak specifically about what they were preaching. Here it is. It says, we are here to proclaim that through Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone, everyone who believes in him is made right in God's sight. Something the law of Moses could never do. Now he's talking to a people that were trying to get right by the law. They were trying to get right by their behavior. They were trying to get right by what they could do. And, and Paul is teaching them now that the, there's a new covenant. It's not about you being right. It's about Jesus being right. Oh, my. So they're telling these church-going people that they can have God's grace. They can have God's acceptance. They can have God's approval. They can be forgiven, and they can experience God's goodness and his blessings in their life. But notice the Bible says that there was a group of people there that rejected the message, message of Jesus because... Because they judge themselves unworthy. Let me work on this a little bit because it's going to help us today. They, they rejected the message of Jesus because they judged themselves. They judged themselves. It didn't matter what God was offering. It didn't matter that God wanted to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could think. Around. It didn't matter that God wanted to go beyond the wild, wildest dreams. Paul is telling them, because you have judged yourselves unworthy, 
You're keeping and stopping God's offer from coming into your life. Did you notice there? Paul, Paul says, it's going to skip over you now because you rejected the message because you judged yourself unworthy. And now it's going to land on somebody else. Make sure your blessing doesn't land on somebody else. Come on. You, you need to make sure that what God has for you shows up in your life, in your family, in your home. The Bible says that they rejected the message of Jesus because they judged themselves unworthy. God was offering his blessing. God was offering his goodness, but they rejected it because they judged themselves unworthy. Um, I think that's the problem. So many followers are guilty of the same thing. We judge ourselves unworthy of God's blessings, God's goodness, because we think it's about our worthiness. So, so if we do good enough and we perform good enough and do all the right things, then what happens? We feel like we deserve God's blessings and God's goodness. But, but here's the problem. When we, we had a bad day and we flipped them off when we shouldn't have, then, then we feel bad about ourselves. When we didn't treat our wife right or, or, or talk to our husband correctly or, 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 or we didn't do this right and we didn't follow all the rules, then what happens? When, when we mess up, then we feel like we don't deserve God's blessings. We don't feel like we deserve God's healing. We don't feel like we deserve God's restoration we, we don't feel like we're, we're worthy. We, we, we judge ourselves unworthy. So many people are not getting the answers to their prayers. I believe they're not experiencing the goodness of God and the love of God and the blessings of God because they just simply don't feel like they deserve it. I'm talking to somebody today, if not myself. I know Madeira or Fresno. I know, I know I at least got somebody that is in this condition today. They judge themselves unworthy of God's grace, God's goodness, and God's greatness in their life. Therefore, they're not receiving. Therefore, we're not receiving God's exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could think or ask. Uh, I'm passionate about this. Because this is one of my greatest struggles in life. This has been the area for me that I have struggled most of all my life, even as a pastor, uh, trying to be good enough so that I can feel like I deserve God's goodness. And, and it really is rooted in the way I grew up. You see, I, I grew up in a time where most churches, uh, most churches focused on the sin problem and what you couldn't do and what you shouldn't do. And if you, you did it, then, then God was mad at you. And if you didn't repent real quick and the rapture came, you was on your way to hell. Hmm. And the enemy is so good at taking that focus of sin, the rights and the wrongs, and bringing a sin consciousness into your life. Where you start, without even knowing it, you start thinking it's all about my standards. It's all about my behavior. It's all about me being worthy to receive God's goodness 
and God's mercy and God's blessings. So then if I keep, if I keep what God says to do, then I'm doing real good and God loves me and I'm on my way to heaven and I get his goodness and I get his blessings. But, but, but if I have a bad day, like some of you have had, if I have a bad day, then I just don't feel like I'm worthy. I just don't feel like God can do it for me because, because, because I'm basing it on my own ability. And I got to say it loud and clear. This is absolutely wrong. This, this creates a performance based religion that says it's all about me being worthy, but that's not Christianity. Come on. Somebody needs to hear it. Christianity is not about what you can do. Christianity is about you having faith in what Jesus has already done. Quit thinking you have to be perfect. I'm going to say it again. Quit thinking you have to be perfect to receive from heaven. It's not about you. It's about him. Now, this is what's so important about the passage that I just read. The Bible says they judge themselves unworthy because they judge Jesus unworthy to be their savior. Notice they rejected the message. They rejected Jesus. So, so, so they judge themselves unworthy. The root of that is because they judge Jesus unworthy to be their savior. They rejected the message of Jesus. They didn't put their trust in Jesus for what he did upon the cross. They did not believe that Jesus paid the price for all of their sins, for all of their mistakes, for all of their failures. They just couldn't embrace. And this is some of the struggle that all of us have. They just couldn't embrace that all their unworthiness was put on Jesus and all the worthiness of Jesus was put on them. They just could not embrace that message. And I'm here to tell you, if you can't embrace that message, it will hinder you from receiving the good things that God has for your life. Now, I want to I parallel this because I'm here to tell you this is my message today. I'm here to tell somebody today that Jesus is worthy. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know what I did last night. I'm here to tell somebody Jesus is worthy. Yeah, but you don't know what I said to my wife yesterday, but Jesus is worthy. Yeah, but you don't know what I did in my car yesterday afternoon, but Jesus. Yeah, but you don't know what I did on my taxes last year, but Jesus. But Jesus is, is, is worthy. I was naked and they were naked and they weren't my spouse and we just found ourselves in in bed and I've messed up and now I'm so unworthy. Yes, but Jesus. Well, I didn't get much response on that. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is, is worthy. Revelations chapter five, verse nine. I want you to contrast this with what we just read. And they sing a new song with these words, you are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered, speaking of Jesus, and your blood has ransomed people for God. And I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne of the living beings, uh, uh, throne and of the living beings and and, and the elders. Notice what they're doing here. And they sang, and they sang in a mighty chorus, worthy is the lamb. Worthy is 
I'm, I'm going to help somebody to get beyond, beyond the struggle. God's getting ready to do something beyond your wildest dreams. They, they, they begin to sing, worthy is the land who was slain. He is worthy to receive the power and the riches and the wisdom and the strength and the honor and the glory. And the, Jesus was worthy to receive it all. And can I just get ahead of myself just a little bit? And he wants to give it to you. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, I'm preaching myself happy already. Jesus is worthy, and he got it all, and now he's wanting to put it all on you exceedingly, abundantly above all that you could think or ask. This, this is heaven's song, church. This, this is what they're singing right now. If you're, if, you're, if you're wondering what's going on in heaven, this is what's taking place. They're singing this song. Worthy is the Lamb. Notice this song is about Jesus. It's about, it's about the worthy. It's about worthy is the Lamb. Heaven's song is not about us. Hear that. It's not about what we have done. It's all about Him. He's the famous one. He's the star of the show. This is what Christianity is all about. Worthy is the land. I got to say that again. This is what Christianity, I don't know what kind of religion you're messed up in, but this is what Christianity is all about. Christianity is about worthy is the land. Now, I know you might be new to church and and all this lamb stuff, this animal stuff has gone to God. Oh, that's all that animal lamb stuff. You know, I don't really get that and understand that. And because we have so many new people and it's exciting to see that we're attracting so many unchurched people, we've got to define what we're talking about here. You see, in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, there before Jesus died upon the cross, when people sinned, a lamb, a lamb would have to be sacrificed. You see, the Bible says the wages of our sin is death. Adam's sin became our sin. All of humanity was doomed for eternal judgment. So what happens is the Old Testament is God's plan to redeem and restore man's, mankind. So what happened in the Old Testament was just a type and shadow of what was going to come in the person of Jesus Christ. So, so what would happen in the Old Covenant is that when man sinned because of their sin nature... I mean, you know, we have a sin nature. We're just, we're just prone to sin. And so every time a, a person would sin to the Old Testament, they would have to bring a spotless lamb to the tabernacle, to church. It would be, be like you today coming to church and you have to get your lamb in the car and bring your lamb to, to church because you flipped somebody off last week. Every time you sinned, every time you messed up. I mean, that's, that's, that's what the lamb was all about. You had to bring your lamb to church. So the lamb could be sacrificed for your, your sins. So what would happen is you'd bring your lamb to church and the priest would examine that lamb for any kind of imperfection because that lamb had to be perfect. And once the lamb was approved, the, the sinner, the one that, that flipped somebody off, would have to put their hands on the, the lamb's forehead and, and, and they would impart all their sin. They would impart all their badness into that perfect lamb. And then that perfect, spotless, righteous lamb would impart itself into the sinner. 
And instead of the sinner having to die, the lamb would be sacrificed in their place. And then the one who came with their sin would leave church that day forgiven with God's blessings and God's favor upon their life. Um, It really isn't about a lamb. Jesus in the Bible is called the Lamb of God. Remember when Jesus started his ministry? John the Baptist announces Jesus' ministry at the age of 30. He said, hey, behold the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And this is exactly what Jesus did some 2,000 years ago when he died upon a cross, sacrificed his spotless life. He took all of our sins, past, present, and future sins. God took all of those sins, put them on Jesus, on that cross, the spotless lamb on that cross, all of your sins. I got to say it again, your past, your present, your future sins, all those sins found their way some 2,000 years ago on the spotless lamb, Jesus. And then God took his perfection. God took his righteousness and then he puts it on you. God puts his blessing on you. God puts his favor on you, his approval on you, his acceptance on you. And the moment, hear me today at all the campuses, and the moment you put your trust in, the, in, in this worthy is a lamb, The moment you put your trust, worthy is the lamb, is the very moment your unworthy condition changes. That's a good place to clap right there. That's a good place to shout right there. When when you accept Jesus as your Savior, God no longer sees you as a sinner. God no longer sees you as unworthy. He no longer sees you as that person who flips somebody off. He sees you through the blood of worthy is the Lamb. Christianity is all about Jesus taking our unworthiness, our sin, and our failure. I recently seen a a video that Joseph, um, that, that um, at, at, let me figure out, is T.D. Jake's Manpower, Joseph Prince. He, he put this video together. He's, also, he's actually teaching at Megafest. I had never seen it before. Some of you might have seen this. But he had his video, people put this video together to depict what I just shared with you. And we're going to show this just for a few seconds, and then I'm going to pick up the rest of the message. So this man brings the lamb because he has sinned. It's very evident why he's there. Notice the priest does not examine him. It's very obvious why he's there. He sinned. The priest examines his lamb. It's not a question of how good he is. It's a question of how good his lamb is. Now his lamb is approved. What does he do? Well, the sinner has to identify with the lamb. He lays his hand on the spotless lamb and all his sins are imparted into the innocent lamb. All the righteousness of the lamb, the spotlessness is imparted to him. He's given the knife and he heals the lamb to let him realize that it was his sins that killed the lamb. The lamb dies in his place. That was his death. And he walks away with the favor of God. He walks away with something he never had before, the righteousness of the Lamb. 
and God's favor is on him. Church, this is the gospel. I know some of you are thinking, man, I'm offended, that poor lamb. It's not about that lamb, it's about what happened to Jesus some 2,000 years ago. That's just a picture. The Old Testament is just a picture of what your Jesus would have to go through to remove your unworthiness. Jesus took your sin, took your punishment, took your failures, took your mistakes, and then he imparted to you righteousness. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians that he who knew no sin became sin so that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You, you can summarize the gospel in two words, became and become, became and become. If you're confused what Christianity is all about, it's about those two words, became and become. Jesus became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. Worship team, I want to ask you to come back because I don't think I'm going to get through all of this today. This is what I need you to understand. When you judge Jesus worthy, Jesus removes your unworthiness. I want at all the campuses, please, please don't check out. I'm, I've got a few moments here, and I believe there's a conclusion here that's going to help tie up all the loose ends here. As Christ followers, if we could ever get this understanding that I've just preached about and stop judging ourselves unworthy, if we'd ever quit singing that old song, it's the earthly song, I'm so bad, I'm so, so unworthy, thinking about what we've done and how we've messed up and how we've never gotten it right. If I would have never done that, if I would have never been there, man, I'm just so unworthy, I'm so guilty, I'm so wrong. Focusing on our failures, focusing on why we don't deserve it. Man, there's nobody perfect here. If you're going to live by that, that rule, you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. And the Bible says even your good days, that your righteousness, even if you can live a good day, God says it's still as filthy rags. If we could ever understand this, quit singing that song that says, I'm so unworthy. Oh, I love for God to do something beyond my wildest dreams, but I, I can't accept it. I can't receive it because, because I'm guilty as charged. We all are. That's why Jesus had to come because without that sacrifice, without the lamb, we would be doomed for eternity in a devil's hell. But he came, the spotless lamb, took our imperfections and took our failures, took our mistakes and took our sins to impart to us righteousness. I'm telling you today that because of God Almighty and through the sacrifice of Jesus, you've been made worthy. You've been made right. And the moment you make that shift, and realize that Christianity is not about you. It's about worthy is the Lamb. Here to tell you, when you bring all your unworthiness to Him and start declaring worthy, 
is the lamb. When you stop making this thing about you and you start making it about worthy is the lamb. I'm here to tell you, hear me somebody, things are going to start happening in your life. God's blessings and God's favor is going to begin to flow like never before. It's going to shock you. It's going to go beyond your wildest, wildest dreams. I'm here to tell you, I believe in the days ahead, the blessings of God want to overtake us. He wants to blow our minds. We'll have to pinch ourselves to say, man, I cannot believe I'm living this life. This is better than my dreams. Somebody shout, worthy is the lamb. Man, if we could ever get ourselves out of the picture, if we could ever get our performance out of the picture, if we could ever get our failures out of the picture and just make it about Jesus, then we truly would have what God says is Christianity. It's about Him. I'm preaching myself happy. You can come back in the weeks ahead. We got a great series, but I'm preaching today. I'm, I'm proclaiming. So I, I feel like God has given me a word for this house. Worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Did, did you notice in the book of Revelations when it said heaven was singing, Worthy is the Lamb? Did you notice the Bible says there was a scroll? Some translation says there was a book. And it says it was closed or it was tied up. And the Bible says that the moment they begin to sing, worthy is a lamb. The moment they begin to sing this new song, it's not the old song we always sing, the new song, there was a loosening of what was bound. And there was an opening. The book did not open until they declared worthy is the land. The scroll was not loosened until they began to sing worthy is the lamb. I, I believe it's a, a picture of what God wants to do in your life. The moment you be, begin, begin to declare in your life worthy is the is lamb. Things that were tied up begin to be loosened. Things were, that were closed to you. Things Doors that were closed, opportunities that were closed, jobs that were closed. All of a sudden, when you make this about him, I'm here to tell you, things are going to begin to be opened up to you in your life. I'm here to tell you, that's the best thing I've heard all day long. Come on, somebody shout, worthy is the lamb. Come on, in all of our campuses, shout, worthy is the lamb. When you start singing this new song, God begins to open things that have been closed and loosen things that have been bound. Some of you are frustrated because doors have been closed. Some of you are frustrated because you feel like you're all tied up. And I'm just here to tell you, I really believe the hindrance is that we're judging ourselves unworthy because we're making it about ourselves and not about worthy. And the moment we make this about Jesus, The moment we make this service about Jesus, oh, Jesus, things begin to be opened that weren't opened. 
things begin to be loosened that we're all tied up. And it's all because the lamb deserves it. All that God has for you happens because the lamb deserves it. He paid an awful price. Some of you are still bummed about that animal that died, but God Almighty gave his best and paid an awful price. All that God has for you, it happens because the lamb deserves it. Not you. It happens. You get healed not because you deserve You get healed because worthy, oh, Jesus, is the lamb. The, the blood that was shed deserves to see your life redeemed and forgiven. The, 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 the whipping stripes that, that he endured on his back deserves to see your life healed and made whole. He, you, you know why you should be healed of cancer today? Because worthy. Come on. Do, do you know why you should be healed of those heart issues and that heart disease and that blood disease and that back problem and those migraine headaches? Because worthy. Because he deserves it. And we keep saying, well, if I could just be good enough, I could be healed. It's not about you. It's about worthy. Worthy is the lamb. The poverty, the poverty that's ruining so many of us, that was put on him, Jesus. And he deserves to see you. Listen, blessed and prosperous, not because you get it all right or you do it all right, but because he became poor so that you might become rich. He deserves it. He deserves it. Come on, he deserves it. He deserves for you not to have to struggle paying your rent, paying your mortgage, clothing your babies. He deserves it. But we're not seeing it because We've made it about us. Well, God, I, I can't receive that. I can't have that. I, because, Lord, I, I'm judging myself unworthy. God, I, I did bad last week. A little boy goes into a candy store. He's not dressed very well. He's dirty. And he sees this big jar of candy. And he just looks at it. The owner of the store is looking at this, this, this kid and he feels sorry for her. And he says, oh, he says, just stick your, 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 your hand in the jar and take as much candy as you want. Just load up. The little boy still just looks at the candy jar and does nothing. And so the store owner looks at him again, feeling sorry for him. Hey, listen, just stick your hand in that jar and grab as much candy as you want, I'm going to pay for it. You, you don't have to pay for a thing. And the, the little boy just keeps looking at the candy jar with big old eyes. And finally, the store owner gets frustrated and he goes over to the candy jar and sticks his big old hand in the candy jar and pulls out a huge handful of candy. That little boy looks at the store owner. And he smiles and he holds out his two hands. And he says this, your hand 
is bigger than my hand. I've come to tell somebody today that Jesus' hand is bigger than your hand. It's not, it's not about what your hand can do or hasn't done. It's about the nail-scarred hand. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy. Come on, that needs to be your song from now on. That needs to be what you start singing every moment of the day when you want to disqualify yourself, when you feel like you haven't measured up and you haven't done your best and you haven't prayed and you haven't fasted and you haven't been at church every week and you haven't tithed and you haven't gotten it all right. Your song is worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. time for us to sing. That's how we're going to close this service. All of our campuses, would you stand to your feet? Nobody leaving. I have specific instructions how to close this service today. And we're going to sing. You're going to help me. You didn't know you was going to help me sing. That's the reason why we should never come into a worship service and just sit there going. It's not about you. It's about him. This is, this is where we come Oh, God, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. God has forgiven me because you're slow, but you're going to catch on at all of our campuses. God has forgiven me because... I wish I could get you excited about this. I I wish I could get you excited about one that took your sin, that took your junk, that took your mess, gave his life, gave you his righteousness so that you wouldn't have to be poor anymore, broke anymore, sick anymore, bound anymore, on your way to hell anymore. I think we could do better than that. I, I I, I promise you in heaven. They're singing this loud and clear. I want to say it again, and I want you to do your part at all of our campuses. All of our campuses standing, and let's declare this together. God has forgiven me because. God is restoring me because. God is blessing my life because. God is saving my family because. God is healing my body because. God has given me peace and joy for the journey because God is giving me abundant resources because God is surrounding my life with ridiculous favor because come on, you're getting it. You're getting it. Come on. You got to, you got to see We're not done. We got a few more lines to do in this song. Listen, God is no, God is opening new doors of opportunity for me because God is breaking addictions off my life because God is going to do things beyond my wildest dreams because you better get ready. I said, you better get ready. It's coming to God's people. I said, it's coming to God's people. I believe with all my heart. I believe with all my heart. If we'll start singing heaven's song, 
God will start loosening things that have been tied up. Man, I'm telling you, I got so happy when I started thinking about that, Anthony. Because there's some things tied up in my life that I need to have loosened. And I'm here to tell you, if you'll start singing heaven's song instead of your old sorry, sucky song. If you'll start singing heaven's song, things, doors, opportunities that have been closed are getting ready to open up. Somebody shout, worthy is a lamb. Come on, worthy is a lamb. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes at all of our campuses. Nobody moving around. Father, I thank you today. I feel like, God, we have the attention of the church. God, I feel like this is getting on the inside of hearts there in Madeira and Fresno and here in in Clovis. God, I think people are beginning to be stirred with faith concerning. It's not about them. It's about you. So I declare God over every person at every campus. I declare over them today they're free. They're free from guilt. They're free from condemnation. They're free from failure. They're free from shame. By the blood of Jesus, no longer will they be held captive. Father, because worthy is a lamb, things that have been closed to them, doors that have been closed to them, opportunities that have been closed to them, I declare today over them that they're being opened. God, things that have been bound, things that have been confined, things that have been tied up. God, I declare in this moment that there's a loosening. And that, Father, we say yes for you to go beyond our wildest dreams because worthy is the lamb worthy is the lamb at all of our campuses would you just remain in an attitude of prayer just your eyes closed your heads bowed if you don't know what I just did I just, I, I just prophesied over you I just declared your future over you I'm here to tell you man I'm, I, I, if I was if, 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 if I could uh, if I was old school, I'd take off running right now. Because this is what I believe. You're leaving today at all of our campuses with things that have been shut up from you. They're opening to you. Addictions that have bound you, things that have, things that have controlled you. Come on. It's a, it's a day of new beginnings. Worthy is the Lamb. But perhaps today you're... At, here in this campus, Clovis, or you're there in Fresno, you're there in Madeira, and you've never, you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've never put your trust in worthy is the Lamb. You've never exchanged your badness for His goodness. The Bible says it's so easy. All you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord, and you shall be saved. It's as simple as that. Jesus did all the work. You just have to put your trust in what Jesus did. And if you've never done that or you've done that at one time, but you've turned your back on God and you haven't been living for him, I'd love to lead you in a simple prayer. 
that just reconnects you and brings you back where that exchange can take place where God takes all your unworthiness and he puts your, his worthiness, his righteousness on you. This is the message. This is the gospel message. He became so that you could become. If that's you here in Clovis at all the campuses, Jesus isn't your Lord and Savior, but today you're going to make him your Lord and Savior. Would you just lift your hands and say, that's, that's me, Pastor. I need, I need to receive Jesus today. I need to rededicate my life. Hands are going up all over here. And close. Just lift it up high. Hold it up high. Just for a moment, I see those hands. God sees those hands. Believers praying. I believe there's hands at Madeira. They're in Fresno. You can put your hands down. I want you to pray this simple prayer today. In fact, I want everybody to pray this prayer. Because we don't let anybody pray it alone. We're a family. Pray this prayer with me. Say, I believe in my heart. Come on, let's shout it out. I say, I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Today, Jesus is my Lord. Father, forgive me of my sins. I thank you that Jesus became my sin so that I could become his righteousness and with your help from this day forward I'm going to serve you I'm going to live for you in Jesus name Amen Amen. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California For more information please visit celebrationchurch.cc